Welcome to the Flurza Show, or Flurza Podcast, or Flurza Experience. We haven't really nailed that down, but it's still, this is a show about Gwent and so much more. And I'm joined by the Sultan of Suits, Pavel Burja. Sultan of Suits, that's, that's, that's nice. I, I, I already think about Sultans of Swing. And the Sultans of Swing, you know, that's like, it's like the best. It's like the best. But yeah, thank you, thank you. I, I like the Fleur's experience, but uh, I don't know if we're providing uh, the people listening at home a, an experience, probably some type of experience, good or bad. I'll, I'll let you people answer that for yourself. Oh, it's still an experience. So yes. <clears throat> wait, wait, wait. This is episode three or is this episode two? Like what's, what, what, because last time you said that last time we did episode one. Yeah. I was um, swiftly corrected by our producer, Mark Theus, who said that uh, this is technically episode three. And I said, well, what about, th- I mean, well, the pilot doesn't really count as episode one. And Mark, who has worked in television for many years, said, you idiot, a pilot is technically episode one. So this is therefore episode three. So last episode was episode two. And therefore this is episode three. Okay. So episode three, Revenge of Sharknado. No. We're staying with Sharknado or not? No, no Sharknados. No Sharknado. I've never seen a Sharknado. Have you watched those movies out of of curiosity? No, no, I haven't actually, to be honest. So what we could do is when everything gets back to normal and I'm in Warsaw, is we do a Sharknado night at Casa de Burja and we nice. sit and we get some ponchki and we sit down and we watch a few Sharknados and we tell uh, we tell Dominica that she cannot uh, disturb us because we are two, oh. two dobre chłopczyk watching movies. That's- <laughs> you had me at the ponchki part. I'm already down. Like once you said ponchki, it's like, okay. <laughs> Sold. There's actually, Sold. There's actually a piece about ponchki that I wanted to get to, but we'll get to that uh, a little bit after. There, but there was Ooh. actually something I wanted, I was digging for and I could not find, but maybe in a future episode. But still, no no Sharknados. We're not doing a Sharknado. Okay. okay. Uh, for next episode, we'll come up with a new name. Something, something breathtaking and, you know, like extravagant and and all that yeah but uh let's go back to this episode so on this episode we'll be talking a little bit about project golden necker because it was all over the news this week Mm -hmm. um we have of course the brand new babcha marusha polish word of the week which is you know very important Mm -hmm. and of course we will answer your questions from the mailbag another uh, another standard episode but it's a pretty beefy one because golden necker project is something that uh, people have been basically trying to figure out for uh, a long time. I, I was trying to figure out when this kind of was first dropped on us. And I think it's like over a year that this has kind of been teased and just kind of the breadcrumbs. I don't know if mm-hmm. uh, you can kind of drop in on when it was, but I know that um, Jason Slama has been talking about it or just kind of dropping a little hints here and there for quite some time. As long as I remember, uh, it kind of evolved from a throwaway meme to yeah. what it is today, which is now, uh, you know, the information about it is out there. But before we dive into that, there is the Dagon Rumor Report, the official forecast for um, Dagon appearances in Gwent. And uh, that who better to tell us about that than Pavel Burja? And yes, uh, we have the report here. I have it in front of me. Uh, looking at it, there is a 1% chance of Dagon, which after revision and strict accounting has been adjusted to zero. 
Okay. <laughs> so, perfect. Yeah. Um, I have a friend of mine by, by the name of, um, well, his, his screen name is Lunchbox, which is hilarious. Uh, he's my buddy Noah, and I love him so much. And he always used to say, because we worked together briefly, he's in uh, the restaurant. He's a general manager of like a very popular restaurant. And Ooh. yeah, he's, uh, he, he started from the bottom. Now he's here. Like when I started w- like waiting tables and bartending, he had just been promoted to like one of like the service managers. But uh, we worked uh-huh. at the same in the same area, in the same restaurant. And he he's a very no nonsense, get the job done, be respect. Like he he's uh, like awesome. He's an all star in the industry. But uh, he used to say whenever someone would come to him with a dumb request, he'd always say he's like, yeah, he's like, there's a 10 percent chance uh, uh, of that happening with a 10 percent margin of error rounded down to zero percent chance. So don't even think about it. It's <laughs> like that's always that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's just it's just always funny how he would come up to that. Uh, the other another uh, Noah ism would be he's like uh, when someone would ask him something ridiculous, he's like, what bus do you take? Because I want to know where you get off asking me that. <laughs> it's like that's so good smart man smart man i mean to make up those calculations on the go like smart man yeah he's (laughs) he's so good but yeah there's uh there's none um all right so let's uh let's start the episode um well i mean we've already started it but let's dig into uh the way back machine as we go and check a little bit about what the going goes on in gwent history and it was actually a quiet week overall over the span of um, several years, and part of it was because the uh, Gwent News cycle or the Gwent News page would not let me go beyond 2019. It just stopped loading news, um, which was surprising. So I guess apparently it's Interesting. like, yeah. I, usually the way that I do this is I go to playgwent.com and under news, I click more news and I keep uh-huh. clicking more news until I get to like 2018, 2017, and then I find whatever was going on in that week. And I pick and choose what I want. Yeah. But this time, at after 2019, it was like May 2019. It said, nope, this is all you're getting. So unfortunately, I couldn't do too much. But in 2020, we got patch 5.1. This week in 2020, Oof. patch 5.1, which was massive, 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 massive. Um, I counted. It's crazy. I, yeah, I, I'm not a math mathematician. Uh, I'm not a mathologist. Um, but... I did the counting on all of my fingers and toes. 137 changes, and over 120 to 130 of those were card changes, like mm-hmm. adjustments and retoolings. That is humongous. Humongous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there were there were some changes also with that one. I think it was the first one that we stopped offering full mill value for rework cards. Um yeah, also like there were some fixes because it was just after Merchants of Fear, so fixes to that. And a big, big, big nerf to Tunnel Drill at that time because I think Tunnel Drill at that time was kind of running rampant, if I remember correctly. And I remember it getting a, a getting a nerfy nerf. And uh, yeah, and there was some changes also to things related to artifacts at that time. A uh, small ch- like uh, nerf to Kaltulis, so people were not too happy about those. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, what and I would happy when it comes to card games, people are hardly ever happy to be honest because uh, everybody envisions some changes in their kind of own way. Like, I would like this to change in this way, but if you change this in that way, that is not something that I like, right? Uh, more or less, the, the, the I get that, it. The way that I envision it is that those who are unhappy will be vocal. And those who are happy will just play the game. And then once there's a change, those who have been 
you know feel slighted in any way will then be the ones who are vocal and it's just this carousel of of exactly it's basically all right everyone grab grab the person to your right and <laughs> circle jerculate and that's kind of that's kind of the, the scientific term i'm gonna use um yeah this nice is PG well said. 13 pg 13 uh show here um however the video I was looking at was because as deep as it went, the, there was a video um, where you did one of the, you did um, like a This Week in Gwent, one of those like super hyper fast ones. Mm -hmm. And it was the one where you're like, oh, new year, new me, I should get in shape. You snap your fingers. And then there's like two dumbbells that appear. And you're like, that's not what I meant. You snap your fingers again and it's cake. And you yes. start stuffing your face with cake. First of all, kudos for stuffing an entire piece of cake in one bite. Oh, Just, come on, easy effortlessly though like no friction no nothing just gates open stuff it in good to that's go. how we roll yeah that's how we roll man well you're a pro at it but what yes. i was looking for was the video of like the of you on loop just eating a, uh, a the same punch key for like 20 minutes or yes something like that. that's for fat thursday which is coming actually this month end of this month there is fat thursday so that's that will be the time where we're going to be stuffing you know our faces with punch key I'm already thinking about maybe doing something for the occasion. Since we're stuck at home, like maybe maybe we can do something. I don't know. I'll bake a cake. Like, no, order Ponchki, like a million of them and eat them. <laughs> okay. Stream the experience. <laughs> I have a question for you because this is a, mm -hmm. a very vivid memory I have. When I used to be dragged to, to Polish church with my babcha and my mom, uh, after church, there was always some dude in the parking lot who would basically pull up the car to everybody dr coming out of church. Like he would leave church like two minutes before it was done, pull up the car in front, open the trunk, and in the trunk were all kinds of like pastries and punchki that he would sell to like the 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 little old babas that walk out of the out of the like church. <laughs> and like I remember because my my babcha and my mom would line up and we'd go home with like two boxes of punchki because this Good. guy would sell them out of the trunk. I'm just curious if this kind of black market pastry thing is a, is like uh, is is this just a Montreal Polish society kind of thing or is it more so like straight from the motherland? No, no, I think it's stopped right now. I mean, there's so many bakeries and stuff that that people don't resell pastries anymore. But there there used to be a market for this. Like people would go and buy them, um, you know, in, in bulk, uh, a little bit cheaper if they, you know, if they knew the owner, if they, you know, yeah. had some connections at the bakery or something like that. So they would buy that stuff, like, you know, put it in the car and then sell it. And kind of after church is like the best spot because people go there in the morning, like, you know, they go to mass and after mass, they're like, oh, let's, let's go, I, I don't know, let's go have coffee tea or whatever yeah. and then something sweet to eat. So um they knew that you know this is this is their core market and this is where they should be you know selling it and profiting off of that so yeah. but it but it's I, it's not something that i see here like anymore i think it would be shady now and people are kind of you know if someone is selling something from the trunk of their car is like you do not know like if this is like legit stuff or is there something added to it like <laughs> mm. yeah i mean in the 90s it was a different story it was just yeah yeah I, and i get it like you you want to sort of take away that aftertaste of church with sweets and, and delicious. <laughs> so, so that's well said. But um, yeah. And, and, and it's funny because I always thought like, so my, my mother is born, was born in Poland and moved to Canada and my father is Italian. And I am convinced that my dad learned 
Polish so that when he goes to the bakeries and whatever, he speaks Polish to the the people who work there so that he gets a discount. Like I guarantee this, this is important. It's is such important. a strategy. Like he is just like, no, there's a he's like, it's not just to speak to your 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 mother's relatives. It's also to so that I can get kielbasa at twenty percent off. I was like, that's Hey, I'm in. And as a chubby child that I was, I was like, oh, yes, you do what you got to do, Papa. I'm in, baby. I'm in. Yeah, um, all the good food, always. And yeah, uh, Fat Thursday, I just checked, is 24th of February uh, this year. I'm yeah. in. Well, uh, I yeah. want another Punchki video. Uh, what day does that fall on? Is that the 24th? That's, uh, that's a, it always needs to fall on a Thursday oh, right, because it's called Fat Thursday. Yeah. Fat Thursday, yeah. <laughs> I'm an idiot. What day is Saturday Night Live on? Uh, well, Saturday Night Live is on Saturday. And gotcha. Fat Thursday is on a Thursday. So we could we honestly, I mean, our podcast actually publishes on Thursdays. So you. So could, when we're recording, I'm already going to be start eating ponchki. You should. That is absolutely what you should do. You should see how many you can eat in one episode of Flurza. And that's going to be, I think, in like three weeks from now, four weeks from now. So yeah, something like that. Yeah. Ep- dude, episode six is going to be punchki filled. And it's, it's even better to start on a Wednesday and continue on the Thursday. You can treat it like a, like a warm up, warm up kind of getting to the mood of the whole thing and then just continue through it. Right. Yeah. Qualifiers. Right. Yeah. Qualifiers, uh, main event, and then uh, cool down on Friday. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. And then go, go to the doctor and check your blood, blood sugar is like, whoo. Yeah, all in one week of just pure body abuse. <laughs> I'm all for it. Um, I just wanted to, to talk real quick about something because you mentioned that patch 5.1, you said might have been the first patch where they didn't offer full refunds on uh, for milling cards that got changed. And I know that that is one of the main reasons why I have so many in-game resources for playing from beta was the fact that a lot of the cards went through so much transformation and the refunds just basically stocked my coffers with tons and tons of value i want to know uh this is to the listeners um i want you guys to tweet at us or send us screenshots of your piles of resources because i want to see who's got like the most and i know that people like shinmiri and such they have like this massive pile but i want to see how much gold you're hoarding how many keys how well keys didn't count but like gold and scraps and i guess dust but send us your screenshots of the amount of stuff you have because we're gonna have like the the wealth wealth of the week i guess i don't know you 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 will be surprised because there's there's a lot of um uh so-called gwent whales that have uh Shit ton of everything, like really, really, you're gonna be surprised because we actually, I think we some time ago we actually went into these statistics and there is there is a lot of resources, especially gold and stuff like that, scraps also, but also like a lot of reward points because we're kind of running out of places to 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 you know use those up. So we're seeing players like accumulate like really really big numbers of those. I actually suggested a few times to Vlad before he was big Vlad and he was just medium Vlad. Um, and I said, I'm like, there's so many people with just this this massive, you know, hoard of scraps or gold or whatever. And really, there's no there's no right way to spend them that feels good because we have all the cards. We're not going to buy kegs. The events, mm-hmm. like, you know, like it doesn't feel right to spend them on events because we're getting cards as rewards for events. So I said, I'm like, there, there are 
um, for instance, Hearthstone did an, an, an event where it was like for 10,000 gold, which was a lot mm-hmm. for that. You can you enter like the premium arena where the rewards were massive. Like if you go yeah. on a, if you win seven games, it's like forty packs, which yes. was huge. And I thought it was a good way to for for both players to feel like they're doing something with their resources, but at the same time, CDPR to just go ahead and sink some of this floating resources that everyone has. So that mm-hmm. when new product does come in, it's not just a situation where everybody can dump these hordes on cards. And and I'm thinking from this from both both sides of the coin. Yeah. You know, that CDPR has a way for for these massive amounts of resources to just kind of be used so that when new product comes out, there, people might have to buy them rather than just use what they have. But at the same time, for, for players who are just sitting on this stuff and feel like it's just collecting dust... You know, it, it's uh, it's it's an option. I'm wondering if that is still something that you guys are actually kind of discussing. Like when it comes to resources and, and their abundance, like we're thinking what would be a good way to actually, you know, find like a perfect solution to to find a sink for these things. So players get something cool out of it, but still, you know, they're you know, they can use the resources on something that is meaningful and makes sense instead of just, you know, having a lot of resources, and not having an option to use them in any way. So. Yeah, it's something that keeps on coming back. Like it's a, like it's an ongoing topic, and whenever we think like, okay, we have we have like a solution for it, then we go back to the drawing board, and we're like, oh no, maybe this this one will actually work the way that it's supposed to. So it's a it's a back and forth process, to be honest. And hopefully, like this year, we get to you know find like a super good solution for it because yeah, we're just gonna run into a point where you know there are players that just have a lot of things, and I also feel like if you're a new player starting a game. When it when it comes to like making a tier one deck, it's not that difficult. Like if you if you play a lot and you grind it out, I mean you can do it. And I think Gwent, based on looking at the other CCGs, and I try to play a lot of them and like test them and see them. Like in those games, like getting resources is super difficult. But in Gwent, I feel like even if I started today from zero, I would be able to build my favorite deck very very quickly. Yeah, I think players with a plan. Um, can basically make a tier one deck. They can get, they could have a tier one, you know, no problem uh-huh. deck in about probably about ten hours of gameplay. Uh, if if they're yeah. using their resources correctly, um, you know, open the kegs that they need for the factions that they're playing. You know, like if you focus and have a plan in terms of how you're using your keys and how uh, and such, you can have a very 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 good deck in a exactly. small amount of time. Uh, and that leaves players to, um, you know, be competitive early and makes the game feel a lot better. I know there's a lot of games out there where, um, <laughs> despite the fact that this is kind of like my career, this is my whole wheelhouse is card games and having sunk a lot of time into things like Magic or Hearthstone or whatever, I still never felt like I was out, you know, out ahead of the curve, despite yeah, even spending money on this stuff. So. Count your stars sometimes when it comes to this kind of stuff. But yeah, I agree, and and I feel like you know the the entry point into into a lot of card games, like you know the the, the problem is that you you want to really like have one of the the best decks, but in order to do it, you have to play really really a lot. While I went, I feel like like you said, if you if you manage your resources well and you kind of know what you're doing, and it's like a thought out process instead of just buying everything without without you know any any like thinking behind it. You will. It's much easier to get something, something good and competitive, and actually climb ranks and, and and perform super well with it. While like like you said, also other titles. Like I've been trying, but it's just it's just you never feel like you're like you say you never feel like you're ahead of the curve. And also, even if you make like one deck which you feel like is good, 
then you know how it is playing one deck. Like you cannot only play one deck. You'll get bored of it. Like yeah. you'll move on to something else. So you're gonna have to, I don't know. At least it's good to have at least I don't know two or three decks that you like go back and forth on. And then something changes, meta shifts, new update, whatever, and then you need to go back to the drawing board and restart and kind of think about like what you want to build off of that. So, uh, it's 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 never easy being what? into card games and all that stuff. When I got back into Magic briefly, I just wanted to sort of dip my toe into it last year again. Uh -huh. Just say like, you know, I, I mean, I put a lot of time and money into playing Standard way back when, and I figured, you know, I'm like, you know what, let's try it again. So, uh, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I. I you know, got back into my account. I looked at what I had. I like rotation had happened, so a lot of the cards that yeah. were, I was playing are no longer legal. I had to, I couldn't just go and say pick a deck and do it because I was just doing the the math on things. I'm like, I don't have enough for yeah. one deck. I don't have enough for one deck, and I played all the time. So in order for me to actually play and be competitive, I had to. I literally had to lean on talking to my you know my extended magic family uh you know out there i had to speak to some magic pros i had to speak to some casters i had to actually just kind yeah. of get their advice and say this is what i have what should i build and once that deck was built i'm like this is all i'm playing this is all i can play and if i wanted yeah. to make something else it was a it was okay i need to i need to dump about 90 bucks to get another bundle and then open packs, get wild cards and see what happens. It never felt, yeah. it never felt good. It never felt good. Yeah, um, it's difficult. Plus you need to open like a number of uh, set packs. And once you do, you actually have the possibility to craft a rare. And then if it's a mythic, then you need to crack like, I don't even know how many, but it, it's the process is just so long. And uh, yeah, I also recently started like going back to it and like just to see how Arena is performing more or less. And looking at the whole thing, like building a competitive deck and it is just, it's just takes so long. And the, the, the only thing, like I, there is like a whole section dedicated just to this on YouTube of people who are trying to crack the code. Like what's the most, you know, linear approach you can have in order to get as many, you know, uh, wild cards or uh, how to do the dailies properly, which ones you should be rotating in order to get one that gives you more gold mm -hmm. possibly, or, you know, how to get more XP, which events to take part in. It's just like, uh, it's, it's so much, it's, it's, it becomes like a whole job aside of just, you know, playing the game and enjoying the game. And this is something that, you know, I'm not a big fan of, but I also know that, you know, card games, they need to make money somehow. And, you know, you know, they need to, they cannot make it too easy for everybody to be playing the same deck. Although the thing still in Magic is that, you know, there's so many cards, there's so many sets that you are able to build some crazy things. And I, and then most of the time when you build something crazy that doesn't make sense for your opponent, they, they're more, they are more likely to lose to you because they don't know what you're playing. Like, yeah. the most important thing in Magic, I think, is, is just to know, like, what your opponent is, is playing more or less. Uh, so you can expect kind of the plays that are coming your way and you, then you know how to counter stuff or how to play around things, right? I'm going to be in Philadelphia uh, next week or two weeks from now. Uh, 11th, yeah, next week. So the 11th through mm -hmm. the, the 14th for they're having uh, Star City Games is having um, a major nice. like flesh and blood tournament, but it's the flesh and blood tournament's like secondary to the major um, MTG. MTG stuff. So uh, yeah. Flesh and Blood's on Sunday. I'll be participating in that tournament. But on the Saturday, I'll be there with um, 
some people playing um, some of the side events for the new set of, for mm -hmm. Magic. I said, ah, you know what? It's limited. I love limited, so we're going to do that. That should be exciting. Nice. For Flesh and Blood, are you going to be there uh, work-related, or are you going to be there uh, enjoying having fun and playing some games? It's going to be half-half. I'm not casting anything oh. because they're not they're not doing casting for that event. Mm -hmm. I Trust me, I've okay. been kicking down their doors about that, and they're like, we're just uh -huh. not broadcasting it. Um, I will be there to record some flesh and blood content uh to interview some people and to play so i i mean ultimately the playing is is the, the best part plus um um i don't know if you remember no control but no control is in that area of course I do. yeah so no controls mm -hmm. and i are going to be there we're going to be playing in the event and oh nice yeah it's going to be it's a lot of fun and we're still trying to get mark the as the producer of this show to get there. <laughs> he's on the fence still he's like uh i like, mean what is he even thinking about i mean you gotta go that's what i said and he's like well it's it's he's like i'm not going to be playing much of the cards i'm like well we're not gonna i'm like just come hang out i'm like i'm yeah. the, i said the hotel's already paid for you don't need to pay for the hotel you stay with us you know you come around we want you know plus it's the whole you know atmosphere of the thing i mean unless he doesn't feel safe due to you know yeah, the, the, the pandemic times that we have right now i kind of get that but on the other hand like even if you don't play, like participating in the whole thing and the event itself and, you know, seeing people there, like it's, it's like a whole con, right? It's like everything yeah. is happening there. So people are selling singles and, you know, there's a lot of pros and, and, and aspiring pros and all the formats possible. It's just cool to like, just, you know, breathe it all in, get all the, get all the, you know, nerd juice, juices flowing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> why I want to go. I want to go and just reignite that flame, you know, yeah. light, light the spark under my, my dupa and get me myself back in motion for, for card games and such, because it's been a while. So I'm super yep. excited. All right. Golden Necker Project, Mr. Pavel Berger, you recently were interviewed by IGN, if I'm not mistaken, and kind of just, yes. you uh, you lifted the curtain on what a lot of people were speculating about. A lot of uh, the Gwent fandom was really just throwing, um, you know, throwing things at the wall to see what stuck in terms of what they thought Golden Necker Project was. But basically, what a lot of people surmised was going to be a PvE situation, a, you know, player versus environment, a one-player game, is what it is is and um can you kind of just give us a little bit more insight now that we know the scope mm -hmm. of what golden necker project is uh does it tie into gwent I, I don't i this is our podcast i'm not meant to be interviewing you but you're the one with all the nuts and bolts about this and you're the one who got interviewed so too bad so sad answer the damn question pavel Berger. <laughs> actually it's a, it's a it's a very interesting one because most of the things and news for project golden necker were actually already out there right because they were like it was something that we mentioned last december and uh you know vlad talked about it i talked about it i think on the first episode that we did the pilot episode of, of flurza we also touched upon that and it's funny because um, we had uh, Ryan Dinsdale come over, uh, send an email that he's writing an article for IGN. And he quoted, and he quoted, wait for this, the Flurza podcast as one of his sources where he got information about the project. Woo! So yes, we made it, man. We're legit. We might, we might not have a sponsor, but we were quoted by a journalist from IGN, which already makes us, you know, we're going up, going up. <laughs> I am so happy that we have maybe maybe that counts as uh getting that little check mark next to my Twitter account name 
Because I think what you need for that is you need to be referenced in a media source or some sort of journalistic ad. In- Dude, I applied for that twice and I never got it. It, do- it doesn't work that way. It's so difficult to get it. I even I even took this article and tried to do it, but it didn't work. So now since there are so many articles in so many languages, I think I'll just send them like 20 and I'm like, here's my name. <laughs> I'm on the Flurs of Podcast. Come on, you schmuck. Yes. Let's go. I mean, Flurs of Podcast. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to let you know, like it was one Ooh. of the things that he said that 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 he watched um so yeah we're 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 you know we're we're here in the major leagues right now um (laughs) and the other thing was the roadmap that we did in december um where vlad was kind of talking about the project then we showcased a little bit more things uh him and jason were kind of showing some of some of the stuff and uh pretty much uh they came to us asking like if we can put you know some information together for them so what we did is is we pretty much confirmed everything that which was kind of already said, but I think we put it in one place because you know you know how it is with information like it might be out there, but until actually someone comes and puts the whole thing together, um, you know it becomes a thing. And I really appreciate you know I, the, the opportunity that I have. That's one thing, and the other thing, I really appreciate this. You know like professional journalistic approach when it comes to, you know, gathering facts and base, you know, basing a, a, a piece off of that. It's really, really amazing. It was really cool. Um, journalistic so integrity pretty- is like my, that is, that is my motto, frankly, it's mm-hmm. being respectable and, um, very refined. I think mm-hmm. if, if anyone would ever kind of throw adjectives at me of my broadcasting career, it's by the book scripted and rigid i think <laughs> like like you you scripted really yeah, no never you and i together never. every time they no, said we're this, not... here's the run of show cool goodbye yeah 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 like uh, scripts are, are not you know are not our our big thing no. so yeah like um pretty much at the time uh we were able to you know, confirm some of the things we kind of went uh, back and forth. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the number one thing was was kind of to say that, yes, there is there is a project called Golden Necker. There is it, we plan to launch it uh, this year. So 2022. So everything here is, is is OK. And then we're kind of thinking like, you know, we can't really sure like share more information about the project itself uh, because like it's still like we like if we want to announce this and do like a whole campaign for it, like time time for that will come. Like, don't worry about it. Um, what we wanted to highlight for sure is that it's not another Witcher Tales because people were thinking that it's oh it's Stonebreaker too, like easily. But no, it's it's something something totally different. Um, we wanted to say that it's a single player experience uh, for players that you know prefer it over the multiplayer Gwent. And pretty much, pretty much that was that was it. And then we kind of shared all the assets that we had for the project, which we already showed to the to the community. Like if you're in Gwent, you know all these things. You've seen the Golden Necker, you've seen all the uh, arts that we were showing, and we kind of added one thing on top. Is is, is we had we added the 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 barbarian art uh, for for IGN to show. And uh, yeah, and it kind of snowballed from there, like um, which was really cool. So, yeah, I think this was this was pretty much the whole thing. And it's nice that it made it to like, you know, the major news outlets um, because people already started speculating about it. Like, what can it be? 
what is it tied to, when it's going to come out. And uh, yeah, also a lot of people like came in asking us for any additional information or quotes, but you know, based off of the, the stuff that, that we said already about the project, this is kind of what we can say at this time. And uh, yeah, once we'll have more information, we'll be coming back and letting everybody know uh, what's going on and how it's, how it's going to go down. Ooh. So this could be a source. This show is, might be a source yeah. for, for future Golden Necker Project information. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also one thing, just to, just to add the thing that you were saying, like we, we are treating this like a standalone thing um it does not require multiplayer gwent in order to play so but but it can be also part of part of uh gwent so it's kind of like it's kind of like similar i don't want to compare it to throne breaker but it was kind of similar to throne breaker like you could play it as a standalone title without ever touching multiplayer gwent but if you had multiplayer gwent you could also check out um you know throne breaker so this is project golden necker is also going to be something like that and i and i like that it's called project golden necker and it got its name because for the first time when we showed it, like it was me and Jason uh, on one of the dev videos, we had we showed like a card art of a Golden Necker, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, this is Project Golden Necker!" And it became a thing. And I like how organically things become things, right? Yeah. Without you like pushing for it, it just got its own code name. We didn't need to come up with a code name even for it, right? That's it. It's like in any kind of sport, the best nicknames are the ones that you don't give yourself. Don't ever give yourself a nickname. It's not how you earn them. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so Project Golden Necker being a standalone game, the the a lot of the concerns or, or, or the hope for Project Golden Necker that I always hear about is the fact that it's like this messiah for Gwent, that it's, it's, it is like the, the rocket ship attached to Gwent that's going to propel it into another freaking dimension. When in reality, you know, like we already had something similar to this in, in, in Thronebreaker and as amazing as Thronebreaker was and what it added to Gwent in terms of cards and such. And a lot of people say that Thronebreaker is incredible. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't done much of Thronebreaker, and I'm guilty of that because whenever I, I don't necessarily play too many one single player games. If mm -hmm. oftentimes, I think I've said this before, but if I'm going to be playing a game with a story, I, I, for me, I'd rather sit and read a book. Like that's more relaxing for me. Um, but it's something that I'm going to get into. But go, you know, Thronebreaker has already been out there as a single yep. player entity associated with Gwent. And, you know, what I've always been confused about is what, why people think that Gold, Project Golden Necker is like some sort of massive propellant for uh, Gwent on its own. And um, mm -hmm. maybe you can kind of like just talk a little bit about how Project Golden Necker might be associated towards Gwent. Like, where are the links? I know that some of the questions I got were, and one of the concerns that I voiced in our Discord, in like our developer Discord was, uh, I said that it would be really nice, and it's probably too late now, but if, if Project Golden Necker had um, a built-in, you know, way to lure the players that are playing this project mm -hmm. into multiplayer Gwent to kind of bridge that gap, to kind of leave the breadcrumbs to get you to the gingerbread house, so to speak. But in reality, I'm just wondering where those links exist and if they do exist. Like, it, you know, it, it, the thing, like, it will be in some way connected to Gwent, but it's going to be, like I, like I said, it's going to be different because I think that the most important thing that I mentioned here, like, is we're trying to provide, you know, a single player experience to players that are not necessarily interested in being competitive multiplayer, 
but kind of, you know, you, you are still playing the card games, the cards, they seem, they seem to you like very familiar, although you're playing something different. And I mean, the link is going to be there depending on if you're, if you're a Gwent player that, you know, it will, it will make sense for you to, to, to play it. I think it also made sense for a lot of people who, um, are part of our community and have been, you know, going back and forth telling people like, you need to check out Thronebreaker. Even, even after a couple of years that it has launched, we still get, you know, threads everywhere of people saying like, you need to check out Thronebreaker. Thronebreaker is on sale. You need to play it. So the, the only thing that, you know, was problematic when it comes to Thronebreaker is the fact that it was released at the same time when we were doing, uh, finishing everything with Homecoming. So kind of these two things, instead of like working towards each other, I feel like they started working against each other. Like you were either checking this out or you're playing this. And a lot of people gravitated towards normal competitive multiplayer Gwen because they wanted to see all the changes, all the things that were happening. And then they kind of, you know, neglected a little bit of Thronebreaker. Well, I feel like what we're doing here is gonna actually enhance and create more players coming in, checking this title out. And based off of that, they'll be like, okay, I like this, but maybe I wanna try something different. And then they will move on to the competitive multiplayer aspect of Gwent. And I just feel like these two things will be working hand in hand. And since they're coming out separately, and since there's already a buzz around it, that you know, if we keep this momentum going, it's gonna be good for us moving you know, forward uh, with, with everything Gwent related and, and stuff like that. Because, I mean, it doesn't take a lot for us to see like, you know, what's going on with our player base and, you know, when it comes to sales and stuff like that. Like whenever something Witcher related happens, not connected to us, like it doesn't need to have Gwent, it just needs to have like Witcher attached to it. Like we see an influx of players, we see an influx of, of, of you know, like spending in the game done by players and stuff like that. We see more people coming to the community, a lot more new faces asking a lot of questions and stuff like that. That is kind of, you know, propelling and driving the momentum behind the whole thing. And I think this is also gonna have the same thing, except that these things are in some way similar enough that, you know, you will be incentivized to check out Multiplayer Gwent because it will have some familiarities between the two projects, right? Well, I'm excited to to dive into it. It's 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 exceptional to me. I know that. Uh, so I haven't I haven't been streaming uh, for several weeks, uh, and I know that if I do ever eventually go back to streaming, it's going to be to play Thronebreaker. And I don't know when Golden Necker Project is coming out, but I feel like it's just a, a much more like stressless uh, approach to to getting back into it. I can't wait to to see what this uh, becomes again. Um, Everybody yeah. who's asking me, specifically Flake, what Golden Necker Project is and what to expect, I don't know. I am not within that. Uh, I know, but I can't tell you. Like, that's it. That's pretty much. That's pretty much it. Like, if if I told you what it is like today, right now, it would ruin the whole like yeah. planning campaign, everything that we have behind it. So, not makes sense. Ask this punk right here, and he's not going <laughs> to tell you because he's well disciplined and he's a good boy. But it's at the same time, stop asking me because I don't know. I do not know, and I get I get asked uh, on the regular stuff about all kinds of stuff that i i don't know to be honest i think it's better to not know and yes. be asked and and not have the pressure of always you know like 
even when we're talking right now, I, I have so many words jumping into my brain and that my brain is kind of jumping over them like hurdles. Like, oh, I can't say this. Oh, I can't say this. Oh, maybe this is a bit too much. Oh, dial it back. Oh, maybe say a little bit more. But, you know, I have this I have this thing in my personality that I like to take risks and I like to do things against kind of the, the, the well, I, I wouldn't say like, you know, a little bit of anarchy kind of, uh, you know, going against yeah. the grain in some way. I, I kind of have that. So I always like to add a little bit more into it. I, I think I also made a lot of hints about it this, but I don't think people have really picked up on those things. So yeah, now, now everybody's going to be like, you know, checking every word just in case. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's much, it's much easier for to not have the knowledge and, uh, you know, then, then actually being asked, you know, getting asked questions, not having the knowledge, because then you say, I don't know. And it's true. And I can't say, I don't know, but I can just say, well, I cannot tell you right now, but I know what it is. Right. So it's like, eh. uh, there's a bunch of internet detectives and sleuths out there who, uh, if they're doing their homework, you mentioned previously on, on an episode where, Somebody out there has actually accurately guessed what it was. Um, you just never acknowledged it, obviously, but uh, it's out there uh, amidst the sea of dozens and dozens and dozens of predictions. Someone got it right. So uh, all you Sherlock's out there, you can, guys can go ahead and check uh, check the books and cameras and you'll find it. Dive, dive into it. Yeah. Do your do your wonderful deductions on those. But yeah, I, I, um, I'm just excited for it to happen. I'm really excited about the, about the coverage that we got this week about it. Like we were even on Forbes and people were speculating if we're going to have NFTs in the game and I could say no NFTs because Woo! I hate NFTs. <laughs> so the dumbest uh, thing ever. <laughs> I mean, NFTs in gaming is one of the, you know, biggest topics right now that is, that is kind of coming back. I think it's still one of the biggest topics because a lot of people are jumping on the NFT train and it's and we're kind of seeing that there are of course people who are into that and they really want, you know they like the whole idea but there are just so many people that are just against it and uh, uh it's yeah. it's not good you want to light your reputation on fire that's one way to do it it's three letters yeah. this one yeah. trick yeah this one trick three letters exactly all exactly. Right. Just just put in NFT and, and, and you'll get traction. <laughs> uh, we do have the mailbag coming up, but we do have some uh, some other stuff we got to get to, such as um, we do have to hit the Shinmiri. We can't lose. Oh, we fuck. can't lose. Oh, yes. Uh, prediction of the week. And last week we gave our Shinmiri. We can't lose prediction of the week. And um, I got a message from somebody saying, hey, did you see this? Because mine came true. I hit mine directly square in the face Ooh. a couple of days ago. My prediction last week was that somebody was going to make a big post talking about how the Milva nerf was bad and that Milva needs to be put back to where she was. And we got that, and I don't have the person. Ding, 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 ding. So I am one <laughs> for one, baby. Um, what uh, what was yours? I, I do not remember what your prediction was. Uh, it, uh, God, I'm such a terrible friend and co-host. There, there were, there were a couple, like there was, uh, like we were, Melva for sure. There was one about Dagon coming back. There was one about, um, custom card for, for rent free, but <laughs> I didn't see those things. I didn't see those things to be honest. So I'm going to ask you for this week. What is your, uh, what is your Shinmiri? We can't lose. Oh, fuck. Prediction of the week. It was actually, I think... We'll be seeing more um, 
art that is submitted for the Gwentar card, art contest, because we're nearing very close to the end of the contest and people are already sending their submissions. And I already saw a lot of cool submissions and there were also a lot of ones which were posted on Reddit uh, of the artists uh, that are taking part in the whole thing. So uh, you can check those out. They're amazing. They're really cool. Um, and there will be more for sure this week. And I think, the you know, there will be some probably DRCDPR, please add this to the game and probably some complaints about the meta going stale. But it's good because we're <laughs> close to the upcoming patch. Actually, uh, fun thing, I'll be recording tomorrow the video for the for developer update for the next patch. So delicious. Um, so actually tomorrow, meaning the day where you're actually watching this when this is airing. So if you're if this is airing on a Thursday, um, then that's the day that we'll be recording the developer patch overview for the next update. So lots of cool stuff coming there. Busy Can't man. wait. And and Journey and Journey. Journey is coming. New Journey. And people don't know who it is. And and people are not going to guess who it is. And it's going to be so good. Maybe it's not so a who, excited. but an it. Ooh. Maybe it's an it. Maybe it's an it. Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's not a thing. Maybe it's an entity, an idea, a concept. Maybe it's a he. Maybe it's a she. You don't know. Maybe it's a plant. Maybe it's a mineral. Who knows? <laughs> we don't know what it plant? is. Plant? Why plant? I, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're all for the plants. I am all for the plants. plants Absolutely. <laughs> all right. My Shinmiri We Can't Lose prediction of the week is going to be... Um, I'm going to say that there is going to be a gigantic uh, post regarding uh, why Golden Necker Project is not a good idea and why uh, CDPR needs to focus on something else. That's my prediction. Dude, you're so good at these. I'm so good at I these. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. Yeah, Jesus, that's, that's, that makes so much sense. That's what I'm going to say. If you listen. If you're at the roulette table, baby, uh, negativity is like 90% of the board. So just jam a chip on it and you're going to cash always out. I always think that people will do something nice and positive and not uh, never think about that, you know. But yeah, I I mean, that makes so much sense. So much sense. Like for sure someone will say that. For sure someone will do that. Someone was really, really, really awesome. Um, so every Monday is when I post on Reddit saying, hey, if you got questions for the Flurza podcast or whatever, please drop them in or Monday or Tuesday. And somebody, and you saw this, somebody merely said, no question, only gratitude. This has been been a very positive experience for me uh playing gwent and that to me is bloody that. awesome because there needs to be more vocal um uh, there needs to be more volume on people who are just enjoying themselves because and i get it if you're enjoying yourself you're just enjoying yourself you don't necessarily need to go out there and flaunt people it don't talk no and that's fine <laughs> because but, everything is fine right yeah but for for people, um, you know, myself, a content creator, for yourself, also a content creator, but also uh, in the development process, it's great to hear this stuff because it's so – it's out there and the sentiment exists. It's just not as vocal. The negativity, I say, is – is frankly 10% of the noise at, at, at you know, 200% volume, right? And so you're going to hear that aspect just drown out the rest of it, but there's so much positivity out there and, and it's, it's always yeah. great to hear. It's always That's great what we need. That's what we need. And I think we also get a lot of positivity, like it was something that we were mentioning in our community when, you know, there's someone new coming in and they're like, I want to know more about this game. And there's so much like positivity at that time. Like people flood, like, this is cool. This is awesome. Try this, buy this, check out these uh, decks or uh, check out, I don't know, this this um, professional team. Like they have 
like a whole meta snapshot, check those things out. Like people like, you know, they really help people coming into the game and starting off. So that's when you see it. And also sometimes you just get full gratitude, which is which is amazing and is awesome. Always super thankful for that because like you said, it's not something that is super very common. Like, of course, we see a lot of questions and, 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 and a little bit of negativity, sometimes a little bit more depending on the decisions that we make. But of course, it's always good to see some positivity and it's like, oh, this is, this is nice, this is refreshing and people actually appreciate the work that you and the, you know other people working on the project input but also people who are creating content around um the whole game and everything so that's awesome yeah you just have to sift through like 900 custom card posts about people reworking wild hunt like that's all you got to do if you can get past that easy yeah uh i will also take this opportunity to remind people that r slash custom gwent is a thing it's a thing it's out there the poor guy who runs that use it yeah the poor guy who runs that subreddit is like it's what we're here for it's what we're here for yeah um, Why right. aren't they sending the custom cards to us? <laughs> this is They're the posting place. them everywhere but here. Yeah, it's like you're sending your letters to Santa, but you're sending them to like, I, I don't know, uh, McDonald's. Like you know, yeah, I don't, anyway. yeah. Instead of like the North Pole, South yeah. Pole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for the Babcha Marusha Polish Word of the Week, and uh, the word of the week, as suggested by uh mama flake my mother actually um, there were two i tried very hard to convince my mom to record a brief thing because when i showed her the video of the previous babcha marisha word of the week uh which was kurchaki uh she asked me she said is the is that is <laughs> she said is that boy that you do the show with <laughs> Oh, I was he, called the boy. Is he oh. in, is he Polish? Is he in Poland? I said yes. He's in Warsaw. He's like one of my buddies, and and like we're like brothers. And I and she was so excited, and she said, "Is that his real name?" I said, "Yeah, that's his last name." And then she went on and explained to me what Burza meant. Uh, and I said, can you record that? Because I want to add it to the show. And she was like, no, 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 no. But what she did do is she gave me the new Polish word of the week from Babcha Marysha, which is Yachi uh, Dam or Yachi Pokaja. So can you explain to me? Uh, let me give you some context. All right. Here's the context. It's myself, my sister, my cousins. We're all at Babcha's house. And um, she told us not to do something. And I would say, I'm going to do it anyways. And she's like, oh, yachi dam or oh, yachi pokaje. So what does that mean? Well, it's a, it's a mild threat uh, saying, I'll show you or you will see. Like when I come over there, like you're going to be in trouble. So yeah, yachi dam is like, like you can translate it. Like word for word is I will give you, but in this sense it doesn't mean I will I won't give you anything. But when I get to you, and if you actually do that, you'll be in big trouble. Yeah, there were tons of threats. There were all kinds of threats, but most of the uh, actual action was usually in this in the sense of like giving me chocolate and candy and lots of love because yeah. my my yeah. Bobcha never never disciplined. I don't think she ever disciplined. She was same was, same here. Threats are plenty. Don't get me wrong. Yes. Oh my gosh, she had a bag of threats, just just throwing them. Like I think it's I think it's in the Babcha Grandma MO. Like there there will be there will be threats. There'll be like, oh, you better watch out, you better not do that because something, you know. But still, if you break the rules, like there were never any like severe consequences. Nothing. Never, never. No. Like I never I never got scolded in any way or anything like that. It was just well, there were actually more threats and kind of things that to let you like think maybe this is not something that I should be doing, or maybe I should think twice before I actually do this. 
um, before going straight into action and actually doing something that kind of gave you this uh, you know, approach to it that, yeah, maybe I need to think twice before I you know, move on this. All right, there it is. Uh, that is your Bapcha Marisha Polish Word of the Week. Yachi Dam, or Yachi Pokaja, uh, which is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you it, well or, or well I'll show you. Nothing says how's that, how's, that, how's that how's that restaurant deal that's gonna happen? Like, oh, the Blue you, Jeans, yes. Blue Jeans restaurant. I gotta talk to my uh, cousin's Bishek, and he's going Dude, to. Dude, you uh, gotta get on that. I do. Blue Jeans restaurant. Um, make sure you go. It's in Poland somewhere. Blue Jeans restaurant in Poland. Go check it out. Uh, they, they, it's a family affair. Uh, you like some good quality American food in Poland? Go to Blue Jeans restaurant. Um, all right, yeah. we'll be right back with the mailbag. All right, we are back with the mailbag and we have a couple questions coming in today. I will start us off with the first one by Red Syrian, um, also Red Syrian at uh, Twitter. Maybe it's been asked before, but what is the process when a new card or expansion is created? Yes, I had, an, I had a response to this, which was uh, if, if there's like a decision tree that you have to follow, which is new expansion, yes, Dagon, no. Renfrey, hell no. Plant support, never. Print it. And uh, uh, what's funny is Actually, that... Actually, Vlad replied to this, right? <laughs> yes, that's what I was going to say. Vlad replied to it. says, yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> um, so, but yeah. The, but then, the, but the, then, then there was a follow-up. I mean, uh, take the Way of the Witcher expansion. You decide on a theme, and then what? How is it decided which card character goes where? How is it going to work? And how you keep it lore-friendly? And what is the time scale? Time scale is pretty much you guys probably are aware based off of a roadmap that we are planning to launch a couple cards and have a theme around them somewhere in June, if I remember correctly, based off of the roadmap that we had. Um, and we already were, were working on them in terms of like abilities, art, theme, stuff like that. So it's always a couple months out. And the process is, 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 it's a mixed bag of things because of course we come up with a theme that we want to pursue and we build a story around it. And then we add characters and then there are briefs for the story, briefs for the characters, which are sent to artists. And then artists based off of that work on stuff, then it goes through iterations. And then we start putting those things together. And sometimes it's very easy to have like one co coherent theme. Uh, I think Way of the Witcher is a good is a good example because it focuses on witchers that need to span across all six factions within Gwent. And sometimes we kind of feel like it's very hard based on the theme that we have currently and we want to like do to around that to, you know, have cards that will fit with everything. So sometimes you see things like, I don't know, tree ants, while the theme is, I don't know, vampires, right? But you cannot really do those things one-to-one, -one. but that's pretty much how the process looks itself. Like there is always, there is, what is really cool is like, we have people coming up with the, with the story kind of first and, and kind of thinking about what we want to do, which way we want to go, which characters we want to explore. Um, and I think it also bleeds into anything that we do when it comes to like journeys. Those also are stories and they're either stories that have been told in some way 
if it's like, you know, if it was like Yennefer was kind of reminiscing her past and stuff like that. So we were exploring that. Uh, but for, for Regis, for example, for his journey, it's different because it takes place uh, before Blood and Wine. Um, I think it was before, <clears throat> if, if I'm not mistaken. So when the regeneration of Regis happens and that love is, is helping him um, to kind of, you know, for from what happened to him after his encounter with uh, Vilgefortz. So, you know, these are these are stories that are kind of in between the lore of things that were already set. So it's really cool that we can play around with that and we can, you know, build and add bricks. Like, I feel like we're always adding a little bit to the Witcher universe, which is already existing in some way. Um, we're not changing things, but we're kind of building, adding building blocks around it to kind of enrich it, enhance it a little bit more. And, and, and I think, you know, this is, this is something really awesome and kudos to, to, to all the writers and uh, at CDPR because they do an amazing job and they keep stuff very, very consistent. And they're like an encyclopedia when it comes to Witcher world. Yeah. You gotta be on the ball when it comes to this stuff, because God knows that if you get one thing wrong or one thing or like a, the strand of hair is not the right color, like you're going to get crucified. Uh, I remember we had like problems with uh, Aridin's eye color and stuff, uh, stuff like that. Like, <laughs> you know, there, there are people in the community who are very passionate and, you know, they, they know their lore in and out. They've read all the books, but they know them by heart and they will come and they will actually point things like, oh, this is not it. I still remember we're getting tons of emails when we had Shani showed for the first time and she had the role, wrong like medical sigil on her. Uh, that she was wearing on her neck and we had to change it for it to be lore accurate in one of the patches. And I remember that was so cool that we actually did it. And that's also because it was kind of the beginning when I was working on CDPR, I was like, this is why I love this place. Like the attention to detail and, you know, when people point out mistakes, we come in and we fix them and we do them like lore accurate. That was really cool. Yeah, there are some ridiculous oh, yeah. like outcries too. Uh, the most recent one that I've encountered, not Gwent related, but they just released the trailer for the new Halo series, TV series. And um, there's a big outcry because they revealed Cortana. And I don't know if you're a big Halo uh, fan. Or, I know who Cortana is. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. those who don't know, Cortana has been there since. Uh, it's basically like an AI. It's like it's like Master Chief's Siri, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, it exists in his helmet and it helps him out and guides him and whatever. But Cortana also is like it's been played by the same actress since uh, Halo came out like 20 years ago. And they... For the TV series, they revealed Cortana, but it's the same actress, but they modeled the the hologram after that actress. And people are like, that's not the Cortana from the video games. That doesn't look like her. And everyone's like, what are you, out of your freaking mind? That is the actress who's played Cortana for 20 years. They allowed her, they they modeled Cortana in her image. Like they, they, they sort of went reverse, where before they had Cortana and they associated a voice to her this time you know it's a nice little homage to nice. the actress who did cortana for 20 years where they modeled i love cortana. those things but people freaked out and then there was a, a counter outcry of like you guys are idiots because like so there's there's that kind of lore accuracy of this is the incorrect sigil it doesn't mean what it is okay let's fix it to something like this we're like that's not cortana and then you're like actually that is exactly cortana you doofus but anyway <laughs> um all right, so that's uh, that is from uh, Red Syrian. Thank you so much, Red, for um, uh, passing that along. Uh, yeah, awesome question. Great question. This one's for you as well, Bourgeois. It says uh, you are in, you are known 
As a man with a great taste for suits, which one is your favorite? There's, there can only be one. A garment good enough to be married in. Um, it's the gold suit that we had on the Skellige Challenger that you and me met. Uh, that was my favorite with the black shirt, uh, black pants, just just golden suit. It had, it had like a very nice gold because it was kind of like crunchy. Um, it felt like it was just like hand painted by someone, but it was actually sturdy and part of the fabric. It was my favorite suit and I wish I kept that one because after that, all the ones that we had for World Masters that were kind of gold, like they were never as good as that one. So that is the one that got away. <laughs> <laughs> that is the one that got away. Uh, there you have it. I, I remember that suit. It was excellent. There was definitely some sincere jealousy. That was always the part was like going to wardrobe and, and fitting and seeing what I got and seeing what you got. I'd be like, all right, I know who's in charge here. It is definitely not me. Um, that's the guy. Wasn't me. It was the stylist. Wasn't me. I yeah. wasn't choosing them. No, yeah, but you, like, you got the best ones. You got the flashiest ones. I was the new guy. I was the new kid on the block. So I was like, I'll just take the scraps. I'll wear like a potato sack. It doesn't matter. Like I didn't give it. I did not give two S's about but, what I was going to do. You guys do the heavy lifting on the on the on the show itself. I just go out, look flashy for a couple of seconds, and then I'm out. And then I interview a player, asking them how they feel, and that's <laughs> it. Like that's that's that's, that's how you see from me. Like and you guys, you know, you're 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 doing the heavy lifting there. So that's that's how it works. So I need to I need to look flashy to draw people's attention because mm -hmm. I'm just you know I'm just there for a couple of seconds, and then you guys you 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 actually carry the show with your insight, knowledge, good humor, and all that. Well, I mean, uh, I carry Shinmiri. I don't carry the show. I'm kidding. I, I, had, <laughs> I had to put in a Shinmiri barb into this episode. Nice. I had to put it in there. Um, this question came in, and I, I, I was like, well, this could be dangerous, but in reality, it's an excellent question. This one's from Can Tim. I ask it? Can I ask you? Because I want your answer first. Oh, damn right you can. Okay. What do you think was the most controversial decision in Gwent history after official launch? So after homecoming, what do you think was the most controversial one? Uh, this one's from Tankoff, uh, a really, really awesome uh, member of the community, somebody who has uh -huh. been very involved. Um, okay. So th there is a little bit of criteria to this question because it says after official launch, so after homecoming. And I'm trying to give a good scope to this because the first thing that popped into my mind was three rows down to two, but that might be that might be technically like before official launch, mm -hmm. but technically it's on official launch. I will say this because controversial always has a negative connotation when you're thinking that it's going to be a bad decision, but it's not necessarily a bad decision. It's a decision that might be viewed by the masses and not agreed upon as being good or bad. I sincerely believe that the 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 change to the rows and the row limits was the most controversial decision in Gwent history um, uh, by far, I will say, um, because it really changed the dynamic of uh, how cards are designed, how they operate, um, you know, uh, row limits, etc. cetera. Uh, from a gameplay standpoint, there was no other more controversial uh, decision than that because people thought that it was gonna it was gonna dilute the game, it was gonna make it less... Uh, exciting when in reality it added extra layers to the complexity of the game and um it, it it was a good thing in my opinion i think it was it was met with a lot of skepticism it was met with a lot of doom saying in terms of what it was going to uh, mean for the game but ultimately it was a good decision and i think that the controversy surrounding it uh, ultimately you know 
you answer all these questions with time and it, it has been several years and it's been fine. It's been great. It's been good for the game. Um, the other one that sort of dropped into my mind was like banning certain players for, for cheating related investigations. But ultimately I don't think it's a controversy if there was proven cheating, but I can't talk to that cause I don't have all those details and nor do I care to have all those details. It's not my business. So my answer is going to be the changing of rows from three to two and the limits uh, uh, of nine units per row. Nice, nice. Uh, for me, it will be, I don't know also like how this plays in the timeline, but it will be uh, an interesting one, which I think was controversial in the beginning is when we introduced provision costs for the first time for cards. Um, I think people were very afraid of it. Um, in the in the in the beginning like is because it's a, it's a game changer but it's another option for us when it comes to actually tweaking cards and and you know actually working on balance in the game and i think it was a blessing for us internally and i think it also made a lot of sense but i feel like for some people who still play gwent like hitting the provisions and having it you know the right amount just to hit the the, the sweet spot is always quite difficult and i think that it is it is something that was controversial but then people kind of are like okay this makes sense and they were kind of leaning towards it other things uh that kind of come to my mind were kind of things that happened earlier before so like you know gold cards not being immune anymore that's that was that was a big one uh for sure whether or not resetting everything to one on a row was also you know a, a big change and also changes to weather and how it works right now I think was controversial, but, you know, happened while we were developing stuff. And I think people kind of understand it now, although I know there are a lot of people who say that they will want weather to work differently than it does right now. But I mean, you always will get people who compare things to what we had previously to things what we have now. But I would say like provision costs, I think, is one of the biggest things. For me, it was like a game changer when it comes to Gwent as the game itself and how you build a deck and how you you know, create stuff and how you need to put more thought into it. But also it was really cool to see it from the perspective of the designers who explained it to me, like how this makes balancing for them easier, better, cooler, and makes the game, you know, more balanced than it is right now. So yeah, that's my answer. One of my first decks that I ever played in Beta Gwent was the old school Henselt Promote deck. And um, yeah, everybody played that at some time. <laughs> so good. It was so ridiculous. And if you ever want to know why they added row limits, go look at a old school screenshot of what a Henselt Promote deck looked Ooh. like. And it looks like, it, it, you know, when remember when you're like old school, like you're on Windows 95 and you'd, you'd beat, uh, you'd, you'd win a, a game of Solitaire and all those things would keep bouncing and they would just stay. And like, that's what it looked like. It looked like just this, really scrubby looking because there would be literally like 50 units on a row so yeah. they would all be posted on top of each other Stacked. yeah um but there was uh in that deck that i i ran because they had gold there was golden immunity i always ran vernon roche because it was the only one of the only units that was able to target gold units and deal damage so mm -hmm. it was uh it was a nice tech card it was like the first tech card i ever made because it was like how do i kill these gold units and i was like oh wait vernon roche targets golds perfect nobody's gonna think of this i'm a genius exactly yeah. um 
There were a lot of changes like that. I don't, once I'm thinking about like changes to, to resilience so that units don't stay for all, all three rounds like there. And, you know, like we had people play dwarves back in the day. We would just boost them to to astronomical, like, I don't know, 50, 60 power. And they would stay on the board and then carry over for the next two rounds. You're like, OK, I can't do anything unless I scorch that bad boy. Um, yeah, there there will be there will be a lot of changes that can come to our minds that, you know, of things that were kind of crazy and broken throughout the days that, you know, designers were kind of like scratching their head. How do we get around this or how do we nerf this that it makes sense, but still is kind of fun to play. Just, passive you know. abilities. Remember those? Oh, yeah. Passive abilities. Passive abilities. Oh, dude. Yeah, that's another one. Blacklisting in mulligans. I don't think that's a uh -huh. thing anymore. These were all subtle little things that uh, no longer are part of the game. Uh, controversial yeah. to get rid of? Maybe not, but um, yeah. uh, thank you for the question, Tankoff. Um, yeah. Oh, and here's the, one. My, my favorite one, which was everywhere. Fix the fucking coin flip everywhere. <laughs> oh, well, like, I mean, justifiably so. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, the adding of stratagems was a pretty big deal. It was a controversial. I don't think it was controversial, but ultimately it was necessary because it's it's not you're not out of your league to think of like the fact exactly. that well you know and we can even add on to this i mean the fact that there was a 10 card limit so you couldn't dry pass just mm -hmm. ultimately the the fact that there's a 10 card limit made round three or sorry round two so important i think that a lot of people and I, i'm sorry to get on a tangent here but a lot of people do not realize the importance of round two and the sheer um impact that a a round two has in any particular competitive game because old school pl uh, players will remember the time where you would just even dry if you got blue coin dry you just pass. dry pass round one yes and then you go to 13 cards in round two try to mm -hmm. fight that or it, round two was almost never played it was almost never ever played bleeding in it was round just two. A, it was a placeholder whoever like won the race on round one could just dry pass round two and then just go into round three and then you're pretty much more or less set but yeah that yeah. i agree i agree like having a limit in terms of the number of cards you can have in your hand was really good and i think you will see this also in other card games that you know hand limit is something that is important to have and there are cards that let you you know exceed that limit but you in order to do that you need to do something uh to have the possibility by but you know it lets you it lets you pretty much balance out the gameplay between two people playing the game yeah, this question is from Zerunt. Uh, I know the answer to this one because I mentioned it earlier in the previous segment. Is there any restaurant in Poland you could perchance recommend me? Yes, Blue Jeans. Go to Blue Jeans. <laughs> Blue Jeans. Use the offer code FLORZA15. Go to Blue Jeans. <laughs> get 50% off on your American food in Poland. Uh, that would be my answer for it. I know that I went to, when I was there once, I had one of the, the my favorite experiences was going to a... Uh, delicious pierogi restaurant in uh, in Warsaw where I sat at a table. It was myself, Tailbot, McBeard, and Ash Cosplay. You want to talk about taking it back um, in terms of old school wow. went. Uh, and that's where we asked to Tailbot why he was bringing Cleaver to the tournament where he said, it's just better and everyone else is wrong. And I said, that is a guy that I can get on board with. Uh, yeah. That's the, that's the, that's the, you know, uh, giga chat or whatever you call that, that guy kind of answer. Like, <laughs> yes. it's just, it's just better. It's, it's just better, better and Everyone's deal wrong. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let that sink in. Uh, you probably went to Zapiecek if I remember correctly. That's, that's actually a good restaurant that is yeah. recommended to foreigners coming to, foreigners. uh, Warsaw. <laughs> I mean, that's what I am. Yes. It's true though. Yeah. 
Well, you're 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 less of a foreigner due to your uh, Polish uh, roots and background there. Uh, but if someone is traveling to Poland, like the, that is a place that you will most likely go to because they have pretty good pierogi. Um, but it's very difficult for me to like name like one spot. But I say there, I could say that there's this thing called Campania Pivovarska. I know that's a very easy uh, name for a restaurant, but it's like they they have like a place called Schweig, and it's kind of it's, it's, it's Polish food, traditional, with very, like, good Polish beer, but it's very, like, hearty, you know, if you want to eat a lot, get full and try a lot of meaty foods, that's the place I would, I would hi- highly recommend. Unless you're vegan or vegetarian, then probably that's not the place for you. Uh, but there are a lot of also uh, places in, 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 in Warsaw, but also in other, in other big cities and also smaller ones. Places called like, they're called, they're called like a milk bar. So bar um, and it has nothing to do with milk per se, but it's kind of like this old school. Some of them are still old school that were here back in the day that are, you know, our parents, grandparents remember them being there. But there are also new ones where they kind of serve traditional Polish food, but it's more like homemade or more kind of made like you would, I don't know, if you went to school, you would have this type of meal. So it's like a, it's like a schnitzel, some potatoes and a salad for the, for let's say, or, and, and like a very traditional Polish soup and this kind of like a whole combo pack that you get and that you can order. So those are, those are places that I recommend if you want to try like Polish cuisine per se. And they're also kind of starting to evolve, like they're catering more to students right now because it's 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 much cheaper, especially if, I don't know, you're renting an apartment, you're studying and you go there, you get something quick to eat, but the food is really good. And it's very like traditional homemade style, like what your mom or grandma would make for you. So those are those are places I would, I would actually go for if you want the, the Polish experience. But we have also a lot of, you know, other foods coming from different parts of the world, like we're we're a melting pot, uh, like every every country now in Europe, pretty much that is like in the center, is a melting pot, and you get good Italian, you get good maybe Spanish, not not so much, but good Italian for sure, um, good Indian food, Mexican food sometimes pretty good also, but not not one hundred percent I would say, um, but yeah, like I think if you go to like Warsaw, you can just choose from whatever you want, and the food is pretty good. I'm going to um, your place is where I'm going. That's the first place that I'm intending on going for dinner. I I nice. I fully uh, am committed to, you know, coming over and we're going to watch Sharknado and we're going to eat. Food Got it. And we're going to record an episode and on location. Uh, that would be awesome. I think that'd be pretty damn cool. I like it. All right. Next question. Next that's one. you. That's Trey at Third Larry eighty five, eighty five. Third Larry, Third Larry, mm-hmm. Larry mm-hmm. for the plant archetype that we're never getting. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, this is one of the coolest questions, and I think we could do like a whole episode about it. But yeah, let's get into it. What is it about card games that first got you guys into playing them? Was it the initial thing or something different that sustains your interest today? This is. It's a very, very smart question, I have to say. Yeah, it's tough because it's very, like, like I when I read this, um, 
I, I really was reflecting on this and trying to figure out, like, what is it about card games that get me into it? Is it card games in general? Because there's so many card games out there I have absolutely no interest in. Is it the lore surrounding them? Is it the stuff, you know, the, the, the periphery? Because I know that when I first got into card games, it was Star Wars cards. And I got into Star Wars cards because I was enamored with Star Wars and the lore and the stories, etc. And at the time, the Star Wars cards um, that were printed by Decipher in the um, the card itself the anatomy of a card i wish i had one nearby uh, i do have one nearby um the anatomy of a card you had like there's so much going on you have like the 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 game text the the stats but up here in this area is card lore and the card lore oftentimes was not necessarily all that important. Like, this is a stormtrooper, so it's like, you know, um, to read it, it says, one of countless elite shock troops totally loyal to the Emperor, blah, 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 blah. But a lot of them gave extra information about the characters that you didn't know. Like, it would talk about, um, like, if you had the Millennium Falcon, it would talk about, like, what shipyard it was built in and who owned it before, you know. So there was a lot of extra stuff. So I was collecting the cards and reading them and just enjoying more of that. But when it comes to enjoying a particular card game, for me, it has to do a lot with um, not necessarily the game itself, but what... what uh, everything that sort of spawns out of that game, the community that spawns out of that game, uh, the enjoyment, obviously, I get from playing it. But, for instance, if Flesh and Blood, um, which is a great game, if it, if the community around it wasn't all that fantastic, I probably wouldn't be playing it, despite the fact that the game is very excellent. For me, um, the reason why I get into a card game is usually it's from a recommendation, uh, 100%. It's very, very... Gwent was a recommendation... Uh, that had to be drilled into my mind twice before I do dove in by McBeard ages ago, and I'm glad that I did. But before that, it was Hearthstone. Hearthstone, I got into Hearthstone from a recommendation, and everything before that was based on... Um, I only played Star Wars. I only played Star Wars cards. That's all I played. And once that kind of went defunct, I didn't play anything until someone said, try Hearthstone, and then try Gwent, and then try this, and then try that. So what gets me into playing them? It's people who are already in they just drag me in they say try it and that's how i get into it and the reason why i get into it and i take their advice is because i know that these are people that i want to be more involved with that i i trust that the communities that they're in i can get behind and um you know i i rarely if ever um regret it uh, my even if my time within certain card games are brief like uh, Mythgard, which is an excellent game that unfortunately didn't take off i thought that that game was amazing the community could have been, you know, the, the community has its ups and downs. Uh, Cards, K-A-R-D-S, a great community, great people. Uh, developers are phenomenal human beings. Uh, Magic, the community. I mean, there's so many. For me, it's not necessarily just the rules. It's everything out there because this is my is my life um, from a career aspect as well. So if I'm getting involved, I got to make sure that not only is the game intriguing and rewarding for me to play but if i'm going to dive in i want to make sure that it's 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 a comfortable space to be in that the people that i'm i'm interacting with are good people because this is my life these are my colleagues now these are the people that i'm going to be hanging out with i mean if everybody in gwent were complete jackasses i'd not play it like it, <laughs> it the game itself is great but i'd be so turned off but the fact is that the community um is is awesome so that's why i'm i'm so into it and that's why i've been into it for four five six years now wow that was super well said um my turn 
Absolutely, your turn. You got to say something uh, nice just, about me now. That's the question. Just, just to show, I also got from Flake. I also got a, a, a Stormtrooper. <laughs> and I also got a, a Rebel Trooper. So, yeah. Sleeve them, of course. So they're, so they're nice kept and in, 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 into the whole thing. Um, how I first got into it was, was very simple. Like, I got into it um, in school. I think I was in middle school at the time. And there were kids, one of the kids brought like a whole box of magic cards um, on sleeve at that time, of course. And he kind of was explaining to us the rules. And one of the cards that he had was actually one of these, but not foil. So oh, a Sarah, wow. Sarah, Sarah Angel, like. Yeah, and that's the old school, like alpha art. Yes. And it, but that's yes. a, that looks like a tournament promo. That is a tournament promo. Um, it is. This is actually one that was that was I think issued in nineteen. No, it was nineteen ninety nine, if I remember correctly. So it kind of came in late in the day, and it's a card that I always keep on my desk. Oh my goodness! Because um, it's 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 not the it's not the one I had at the time. Because the one I had at the time was I think fourth edition. And it was something that I traded, I don't know, either something I had for lunch, I traded for that card because I really liked the art. So the art was the first thing that kind of captured me into it. Um, I didn't know what flying and attacking doesn't cause Sarah Angel to tap, which was later changed into vigilance and stuff like that. Um, I really also liked the flavor art but I, and the flavor text, but I really liked the art. The art was the kind of thing that got me into the game. And then I started learning about the mechanics and how to play them. And I remember like first time someone was explaining to me, you need to tap this card in order to attack and then like place it sideways. And I was like, what is this? And I, I haven't I haven't really played any type of like because when you're a kid here in Poland, they teach you like traditional card games, like, you, you know, with the normal cards and how to play them, like not even poker, but like other like simple, simple games connected to uh, the standard, let's say, cards. And those for me, like they never draw me in. And while this one, it drew me in because of the characters, like you had dragons, you had angels, you had warriors, you had things that I was kind of getting into at that time. Um, so that's that's kind of, that was my entry point. And I think what sustained me uh, into it is kind of uh, learning more about it, watching more gameplay, getting to know the community that surrounds a certain card game. Like I have to up you on this one, like, the the thing when it comes to like communities and card games most important thing because if you have an awesome community you have people creating awesome content for it then you will totally eat up that content you will be one you will be wanting to be part of the community and that will like totally grab you and and, and suck you into it and that's what I stand for and based off of that I also started to learn more about the mechanics the cards and how it is and based off of that when I had the possibility to work on Gwent for the first time, I was like, hands down, sign me up. This is what I wanted to. I would never think that I can have a like real influence on a card game that people are playing. And that kind of even sucked me in a little bit more. Like you can be part of this. And then when I had like Pofco as, as a card in the game, I freaked out. It's... Uh, it's surreal. It's the same kind of feeling that I would have as well. I mean, when you're so um, invested into something, and I'm obviously, I mean, you're you're employed by CDPR and whatnot, but I mean, there's it, that doesn't matter. At the same time, you're still a fan of card games. If I ever had a card printed of me, that is a, a level of immortality that I cannot 
Uh, I mean, unless it's like Wolfpack level of garbage, but I mean, <laughs> ultimately, I mean, even then, you know what? If I was, I would, I would want to be a good card or the worst card. I, I would just want to be a topic of discussion. Is what I would be. Yeah. Uh, um, that is so damn cool. Um, yeah. that that's wicked. But yeah, it, it's incredible how it's not just a, a set of rules and card. It goes beyond that. It goes from the card art. Please show me that that Sarah Angel again because that is such a wicked cool card. God damn beautiful beautiful piece to have yeah. such an iconic card with just what looks like very simple yet beautiful art it's yeah. so good just an angel holding a sword like having her head up like it's 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 it the art speaks volumes itself and it's like yeah like you said it's one of one of the older arts so it's not you know it's not the super fancy new ones that are like super well polished digitalized and stuff like that these are these are the times where people were keeping it simple and drawing stuff by freehand and then just you know having their art featured um in a card game and yeah like I mean, just looking over over my 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 desk is just deck boxes everywhere and cards everywhere because I mean, yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, with, that's that's what we're into, right? Yeah, right yeah, here. Exactly. I have uh, just like within um, really close to me because I need to get these sort of put together. But um, based on like my quote unquote the flesh and blood travels and and casting and whatever i got uh any time that there was a, a major tournament or a national champion i would have them sign the the card of the hero really they played cool. which was cool so i have like this collection of like champion like world champions uh or, or national champions who signed the card so like things like that man it's just it's the community because they were it was it was incredible and Part of that was when I played in the Canadian National Champions uh, Championships. I uh, people were approaching me and asking me to sign their shit, and I was like, "That are you uh, like? Don't do that. That's stupid." I'm like, well, "Don't ruin your card." I'm like, "It was just odd, and it, it was it, it's a nice feeling, but ultimately the community is what makes the card games." And, and yeah. Yeah, like we said, like there were other people who got us into the game because they were trying to share kind of something that they were stoked on at one time or it's something that they did in their free time or someone else introduced them to it. And it was kind of something that is being passed on from person to person. Mm -hmm. And it builds that sense of community because it starts from one person and then you're out there with, I don't know, thousands of other people. And it's also something that we mentioned in the previous episode, like whenever I go to like a local store to play, uh, MTG, like it's the same people always there, and it's your, it's your, it's your community, and you get, and you like, you've seen these people for so many years, and they're still there, like you feel pretty much safe there and like at home. Um, so yeah, community, I think is number one thing, and I'm not surprised that you know we have a similar kind of uh, like beginning plus how we see it now. Yeah, yeah, it, it evolves, and we get becomes clear. Last question. Um, it's a question for you, so I'll maybe ask you this one. Yeah, it's one. Good, 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 good one. <clears throat> it's a multi-part question for Flake. If you were made into a Gwent card, which faction, what faction would you want to be in? Would you be a mage, a soldier, etc.? And would you want to be a point slam controller or engine card? So if you were a card, what would you like to be? Oh, but specify everything. Well, there's what I want to be, and I guess what's more lore friendly to who Flake is. Um, this one's from Adams on Reddit. Thank you very much, Adams, for the question. Uh, I would have to say, okay, so um, I would, I would probably want to be 
some kind of mage. Uh, I think that anytime that there's a RPG or style game, like when I used to play World of Warcraft briefly, I was a mage or I was a, you know, like a wizard or whatever they're called. Like arcane, arcane mage, I think it was, uh, was who I was. My, my character name was Cold Spark. Don't ask me why. Ooh. Cold Spark. Because I wanted to do an ice mage and then I just started working on my arcane abilities and I just, but either way, the name was already chosen. I was Cold Spark, uh, which I thought was a pretty freaking cool name. Uh, pretty for, cool for a wizard i like mage. it um anyway i would be a mage uh i think i would probably be i would probably be scoyatel i think um not like an elf or anything but someone that they may be kind of like maybe higher or somebody who's just been accepted into the the tribes of you know the the broccolon forest or whatever i don't know uh, i i listen the problem is is that i do not i haven't re i've read one witcher book i've watched the first season of the tv show i don't know anything about witcher i haven't played the games witcher lore for me i know this is sacrilegious to say i don't care much about it i love the card game i love gwent but uh, I've said this before, there's not enough room in my melon to push in Witcher-related stuff, so I can't really, you know, uh, be too accurate with this, but I would definitely be a mage, I would be Scoia'tael, and I would absolutely be engine-related, or something that needs some sort of uh, answer similar to, like, Doblathana Sorceress, um, because, frankly, if I was something that was a recurring annoyance then that is very lore-friendly to what Flake is. Flake is a recurring annoyance. He is like a, a witch's apprentice that grows by two every turn, that you have to answer or becomes more and more powerful and more powerful, and ultimately it needs an answer. That is Flake. That is lore-friendly Flake, a constant turn-by-turn -turn growing annoyance that eventually becomes too big and you cannot remove it. That is lore-friendly. That's what happened to Flake in CDPR. I'm here to stay, so there you have it. <laughs> Sad, but you're not an annoyance. But I, but I like that you think yourself as an annoyance. But kind of, you you built that very that answer very well, and and ended on a, on a, on a high. Nice. I was, I, I was surprised about the mage part, though. I didn't know you were that into mages. But yeah, that kind of comes out like the characters you choose in an RPG or a D&D, &D, right? Um, I, kind of the direction you want to go in. I like the um, the technicality of, you know, like when you're playing, like if when I was playing um, World of Warcraft as like a mage or whatever, it's like, okay, I had like my frost spells. So like you see an enemy and you're there with your buddies it's like okay like you were kind of the 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 technical aspect of like you had the tank like my buddy was always a tank my buddy house he was always a tank so he'd always be the one aggroing the stuff and fighting it and Respect. tanking them yeah uh, exactly but for me it's like okay i'm the guy who's like all right i'm going to freeze them slow down their attacks i'm going to you know keep all the other idiots away from you by like firing on them or creating walls or obstacles freezing the enemies and doing that kind of stuff while you do the work i'm your support character i'm there to help you i don't want to be the star of the show you take all the damage you take all the the danger i'm going to be in the back you know uh, being like the it guy just making sure that the the bandwidth is correct for your attacks so to speak <laughs> Perfect. What about you? I mean, you are already a card, but I mean, is there any yeah. other, like if there's a secondary card you think that you'd want to be? Is like, was there any changes to Pavco that you would probably want to be a little truer to who Pavel Berja is? Uh, for sure. I, I, I've always been drawn to characters who are tanks. Uh, so like, I would like, I would like Pavko to, to be a defender, to be a, like a, you know, forest, forest defender in this case, like a Broccolon defender, 
defending the elves um, instead of a guy who is trying to push uh, stuff to the elves. Uh, well, buy this, buy this, buy that. <laughs> He's um, the guy outside the Polish church selling ponchkis. <laughs> <laughs> from his house, from yeah. his car. Yeah, uh, uh, but no. Uh, so yeah, I, I would like to be, like have, I would like to stick to, to Squadel for sure. I would like to be a defender. Like I think defenders are really, really cool. Like mechanic and and cards that you know have some armor behind them are kind of you know you know shielding everybody else from from the damage and, and keeping everyone safe. So, yeah, defender, defender for me, defender Pofko in this case. Also human, like no no mages or anything like that. Um, wouldn't want to be an elf because it's not true to to who I am. So I would I would stick to that. All right, I'm in, and that's uh. That's it for the mailbag this week. Excellent questions. Again, thanks to everybody who submitted them. Uh, don't forget that they are available. I mean, typically, I, I you know, you can always send us questions anytime at Pavel Berja or at WatchFlake on Twitter. Uh, I post a Reddit thread usually on the Monday or the Tuesday, so you guys can drop your questions there. But it's also available on PlayGwent.com in the forums. Community forums, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yes, the forums at uh, PlayGwent.com. If you go to forum, like if you go to community there, you have forums there. So you can ask questions there for sure. So, all right. Well, I'm going to end this episode as we normally do by saying, I love you, man. I love you too, dude. Thank you for this one. It was really, really awesome. And we went, whoa, this one was long. Yeah, this one was long. We always go long. It's never an hour, right? But it's like, I, the thing about it is that I could probably do this with you every day. It's just that we don't have that opportunity. So we got to cram in a whole lot of goodness into a small little package. So yeah, <sighs> that's it. So thank you so much uh, to everybody for listening to the podcast. Again, please leave us a positive review wherever you're listening to this, be it uh, Google uh, Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. Leave a positive review. It does so much for us, not just for the um, sponsorship that we're you know, looking for and such, but also it's just uh, good Thanks, vibes. Gwent. And uh, follow Gwentfinity on YouTube where this video appears. And uh, that's it, man. I'll let you, uh, let you uh, push us out to sale. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for watching, as always. A uh, new episode coming next week. Same time, same channel. Do not miss it. Um, yeah, love you all. Thank you for being part of the community. Thank you for listening. And yeah, if you like this content, let us know. Or if you want us to talk about something, also let us know. If you have any questions, let us know. We're always here for you guys, and we're happy to answer and provide the content that you guys want to see. So yeah, Flake, as always, thank you for having me. Uh, amazing chatting to you. And yeah, catch you all later. Bye.